I agree. I think I think they do prefer to be behind closed doors, and it's almost like they crumbled as soon as they realised that there's that, that VAR exists, and there's at least three other people or two other people watching as well. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. Football spin on Tuesday night. Paddy McKenna, Dion Fanning, Nas Chowdhury. Feast of football in the action on a rainy Tuesday night. It's just what you want. Project Restart is coming up with the goods again tonight. Where do you want to start, Nas? Hey, let's let's start with Arsenal because because I was in a strange situation today where I was for the night I was kind of like an Arsenal fan because like obviously in terms in, in terms of wanting less to drop points and and it and it only confirmed to me what I already knew is to be an Arsenal fan is essentially to be uh, philosophically lost in this world. It's it's kind of um, you don't know where you are emotionally. You don't know where you are sort of uh, logically. Um, Nothing seems to make sense. Um, you kind of you can't. You don't know whether to be happy or sad. You don't know if added time is good or bad. Um, uh, you don't know if a foul is a, is a foul or not. You don't know if a goal is a goal or not. And uh, you you're pretty aimless in life, I think. Yeah, uh, I can I can buy that. Um, <laughs> Dion, we saw Mikel Arteta coming out during the weekend talking about how the. Um, the the absence of any fans was was suiting Arsenal down to the ground, and for a lot of this game, it looked like it was going according to script. But then Arsenal turned into Arsenal. Once there was a bit of pressure, uh, Arsenal down to ten men. Uh, rightly, um, I think Arsenal suddenly it was like there was sixty thousand there again. Suddenly the stands were full, uh, and and Arsenal felt like you know every one of them was every uh, member of the of the of the crowd was kind of groaning at every uh, miscontrolled touch and uh, misplaced pass, um, and that was an extraordinary. Uh, his Arteta's uh, comments uh, yesterday about. How Arsenal are enjoying um, playing behind closed doors. Something that we had actually talked about earlier. I don't know when we talked about it at the weekend. Month, I can't. I all the days, all the shows blend into one. Uh, but we had talked about it, and uh, and he said when they play in front of eighty thousand people, it is much hardly much harder. Mostly when they are on the ball, or the ball is coming close to them. <laughs> Or at any stage at all, when they're in the stadium, they just feel the ball could be coming. This is the kind of stuff. When I played football, this was the sort of stuff at a very, very, very lowest possible level. This was the stuff that, uh, with hindsight, you know, made me. Re- like, I can see now it was why I was never gonna, never gonna make it in the game. The, uh, you know, that that general sense of, oh, I really don't want the ball to come to me. There's a lot of this is a big game now. Actually, you know, training fine, uh, winning four nil, give me the ball. But uh, anything else when you're playing football and you're you're 
somebody who can't really handle the pressure um the idea that it could be coming towards you and that and in those seconds you would be expected to you know not make a complete mess of it uh was was an awful lot of pressure and amazingly uh <laughs> amazingly arsenal um so for at a, you know albeit at a much higher level arteta says arsenal players suffer from something very similar mostly when they are on the ball or the ball is coming close to them uh i love that line do you know what that line reminds me of it reminds me of when david moyes in 2013 said about manchester united uh, we must improve in a number of areas including passing creating chances and defending <laughs> but otherwise they were so okay everything <laughs> Otherwise, fine. I think I agree. I think I think they do prefer to be behind closed doors, and it's almost like they crumbled as soon as they realised that there's that, that VAR exists, and there's at least three other people or two other people watching as well. They had actually blocked out all all ideas that there was uh, there was external external viewers watching this. If it was anybody, it was just Mikel Arteta, who's so you know he's just nice and encouraging, encouraging them in in uh, three different languages, uh, shouting Ale, speaking in Spanish, shouting in English. So he's uh, getting hailed for that. Um, but uh, no, it's, um, it's, it, is, it, is, it is so, so Arsenal that uh, when, the, when, the, when the pressure did come on then, um, Leicester, who are, who are, who are gone, you know, they've like two wins from their last 10 matches. It's, uh, it should have been a game for, for Arsenal to, um, uh, kind of try and make that move for a Champions League spot, which looks pretty, which looks tough now. Those look really tough. Um, and, uh, but they just, they just did it. They found a way. It was almost as if, like as Nan says, the VAR reminded them that there were a few other people. They suddenly remembered that next season uh, they will, uh, they will, um, they will have to face. You know, maybe there'll be like you know, in September there could be fifty fifty percent of the stadium could be full, which would be fifty percent too many, as too much as far as they're concerned. Like. If anything, like we spent a long time in during during the lockdown and before Project Restart came in, talking about, uh, um, you know, Liverpool maybe being given the title or an asterisk and all that stuff. That was the uh, thing that Liverpool's supporters were fearing. If Arsenal get into the Champions League, it should come with a massive asterisk for having played all their games behind closed, played these final games behind closed doors. I think I think what we're saying is basically Arsenal would be shit at dogging because they can't they just can't perform with anyone watching. <laughs> that's like a yeah, that's like a, a a gag you've rehearsed. You know, it's probably probably when you get a lot no, of no, likes I, for on Twitter, Nas that kind of gag. I'll tell you, here's 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 a shot here's a here's a, a shot and a chaser. Um, <laughs> they would be shit at dogging, but they'd be perfect as furries. Because they'd be disguised and perfect as what? masks. Fur- no. Are you aware of furries? Here we go. Here well, we go. We, settle down. We were, we were panicking that we didn't have anything to talk about on this show, but let's go. 
Furries are basically people who get kicks off dressing up as furry characters. And uh, and 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 uh, sometimes sometimes it's got a sexual element where they like to um, perform intercourse as furries, uh, and and sometimes it's just they feel comfortable in it and and, and like uh, they enjoy they enjoy being together what as kind furry of, like, characters. What kind of characters would, I mean, would they be? It's it's all very like like it's not it's not realistic. Like they, they wouldn't dress up as like actual like wildlife characters like. Uh, it's not like trading places where like um like like there was there was a man dressed up as a gorilla or anything, but like it, it's more sort of like like anime jokey sort of like cartoony sort of versions of these of these furry characters. Um, just yeah, just Google furries furry fandom. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Have you seen I the have. pictures? Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's it's almost like quite cartoony, yeah. quite sort of. It's like. They're based on cartoon characters, but they're not any cartoon character you've ever seen. Like kind of a no, it's not like Mickey Mouse. The subculture of the whole cosplaying, uh, cosplaying. Yeah, and, and 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 again, like like we're not here to no. king shame, are we? Like like each no. to their own. After I but, um, full disclosure, I have to say that I'm recording tonight with a, a you know a duvet over my head. After uh, so I, I'm I'm, I'm so halfway you're, you're there. Like, there? After, I can't remember who it was who 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 said I had to stop whispering on the show, so I was I thought maybe this oh, yeah. would improve the sound. Uh, it just makes me want the show to end even more. Just quite happy, and, I, and I'm feeling kind of sleepy. Yeah, what about the goals tonight? Like it was a it was a night for uh, it was some some superb goal. The Welbeck goal, uh, the overhead, reminiscent of uh, Rooney. Was it reminiscent of Rooney? Um, like, like I, I, like it was. What, what, what do? How do you grade a, an overhead kick like that? Um, because technically, it, okay, it went in, so maybe nothing else matters. But uh, it wasn't. It was sort of it didn't go where Welbeck thought it was going to go. Um. Like Rooney's against Manchester City, okay, it hit him on the sh- on the shin, but it still went in the general direction. Um, uh, whereas Welbeck's didn't, and you know, I uh, like there's some of the I I thought the most the best thing about that goal was uh, the the tweet by Richard Jolly, the excellent Richard Jolly, which said that 67 percent of goals scored by Watford players since February. Have been overhead kicks, uh, which is a magnificent, um, magnificent start. But uh, I, I don't know, Nods. What did you feel about um, Welbeck's goal? I thought, I thought it was good. It was, it was good mm. form, good shape. It, it was your, it was your traditional bicycle kick, kick sort of um, action. Like uh, quite often, what you tend to find is it annoys me sometimes because it's it's a little bit like when people call like a half volley a volley. It's not a, it's not a volley. It's a half volley because it's such a floor. Um, and uh, and and quite often they'll they'll call a they'll call a sidewards thing or something like or a diagonal thing like a like an overhead kick. And to me, an overhead overhead kick needs to be with with your back to goal. Which which this this certainly was. I thought it was good. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit biased towards towards this because like I've I've got a soft spot for Welbeck. Like I want him to do well. Um, 
he he really did feel like the next big thing at one point and like we talk about uh we talk about greenwood and we talk about rashford like he was he was there he was there previous to them and like he he actually had a really good uh goal scoring record for england for a while so like um yeah I, i've always wanted him to do well i thought it was good it's it's i don't think it's i mean obviously it's not as good as rooney's because um because of the situation and like the importance of the game but um I also think I also think uh, an, an, another way you judge a good overhead kick is uh, is the speed of the ball, the velocity of the ball, and uh, this was a little Ooh. bit looper for me. I know that I know that I know that Rooney's went off his shin, but like it it went straight in. Whereas this is this has got a bit of a loop to it. It's a little bit like um, do you remember the Berbatov again? Berbatov, I wouldn't class it as a as a, as a proper bicycle kick. It was more like a hook over his shoulder, but like uh, even that. It was an amazing goal and like amazing occasion to score against Liverpool, but Ooh. it was a little bit loopy. Berbatov was more deliberate though, and he kind of knew where, even though it was loopy, he knew where he, exactly where he wanted to put it. Perhaps Welbeck's wasn't quite as he 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 makes decent connection and it goes in, it loops into the net, which is good. Let's compare it to the other goal of the season contender uh, tonight, Saha. So look at uh, it's kind of like an old fashioned. Nailed on goal of the season in the nineties when every goal of the season was just a good thump. Um, other than the time Matt Letizia was first, second, and third in goal of the season, but uh, like, what's more, what is what is a better goal? Uh, a technically technically an overhead or a, a thump like Zaha's? I don't know. Like, I I always I've always been a fan of the, of a nice team goal. I don't know if that feels like a bit of a cop out, but um, I've I've always enjoyed those. Like, uh, and and quite often, like Arsenal would do that kind of goal, um, where it would be like all oh, one touch. Um, so I, I quite like those. Um, I, I mean, there's I think there's a little bit less skill in just booing it, isn't it? Like it looked beautiful, but sometimes it's just like a hit and hope, and like oh, it goes in, it looks amazing. But um, I do like I do like a team goal. I, I like a dribble, and uh, I do like a good bender. Like a, I think like Aubameyang's goal, goal was the best goal of the night because it was a good team goal. Uh, and yeah, I, I find that that with um, a few of those goals, like I think we're going to get, uh, he's not on the line, but uh, he may just barge in. Um, if I say that like Matt Stanger has been put, putting in, uh, putting in, you know, putting in, um, he put in Adam Armstrong's goal into the into our WhatsApp group for Blackburn, uh, and then it's been compared to Che Adams' goal uh, at the weekend. And like, I think these goals are fine. You know, when the goalkeeper is a lot, is out and somebody hits it into the net from forty yards, uh, it's it's good. But you kind of think that's what. It, uh, a professional footballer from the point of view of being able to hit the ball into the into the goal from that distance uh if the goalkeeper isn't in the goal it, it's not really that exceptional Dion pause for a second there will you yeah EFL 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 Go ahead, Dion. 
That's it. I'm finished with Championship Corner, what? Paddy. I've just, well, I've just done this thing. Well, that's, you know, we're out of the, we've turned the corner. <laughs> you've turned the corner. It's a, it's, it's a sad state of affairs when the jingle's longer than the actual corner. Well, that's it, you know. Sometimes, you know, you never know how long it's going to take to you turn it's the corner. It's more of a cranny than a corner. Yeah, it was it? more of a cranny. It's like when you're excited about the... Uh, and I told you earlier that it was actually, you know, the running order was there waiting for you. And you all got excited. Thinking this was just... it's, it, it was it, it was more a championship yeah, nook. Yeah. But we're out of it now. <laughs> can I can I just can I just say that can I just say that the, the Zaha goal like it wasn't that impressive because like it was a good it was a good shot and it was a very un un Zaha type goal because like he doesn't usually go for that kind of his 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 impressive goals are usually sort of like dribbles or whatever. But like um, the goalkeeper yeah. just saved it. It was it was very central. I, I I I don't quite understand how he failed to save it. He's it just felt as if like he, either his body shape was wrong or like he was he was off balance or whatever. But he just kind of no, waved it, it through. Rocket. It was, but it was so it was so like if it was if it was like to to, the, to either side of him, then I, I'd kind of understand like it's it's a struggle for him to sort of reach for it and like it was it was hit with such power. But it, it, like well, it was I very know central. know why he couldn't save it. I think I think because of who he was. Why? Kappa. <laughs> he's just, no, he's not very he's good. He's just not very good. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that? I think that affects whether a goal is as good as your like. Like, I think that affects the value of goal. Like, um, if it's a if it's a shot against a crap goalkeeper, or it's a a mazy dribble against a shit team, a shit team where no one tries to tackle you. I think that <clears> can also sort of uh, yeah, be I think so. In. Um, but it's right, but but but. No, go on. If uh, if the goalkeeper, um, well, like usually that's revealed by whether the goalkeeper should have saved it or not, and in this case, he should have saved it. Have you seen Have you seen the Rabiot goal for Juventus? But I think I think that's amazing. But some people have said to me, "Oh, it's not that great because like no one attempted to." Yeah, tackle but him. he makes all the right decisions but to that's... avoid anybody. You know what I mean? He's he's like exactly. he's moving in a way that the defenders don't know what he's going to do, and so therefore he he evades any like proper tackles. He's a very graceful runner for a big lad. Rabiot is. He is. It it, it was a little bit like because uh, it was on kind of on the counter attack. It was a little bit like uh, do you remember Saeed Awaran Fondly, uh, Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Which yeah. was the goal of the night? Was the goal again, of again, the ninety four World Cup? Wasn't it? Sure was it? it was. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It was um but yeah that 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 was another goal where if you look at it like no one I don't think anyone or or very few defenders are actually trying to tackle him, but that's just because like he's moving sort of in, in the right way. Okay, what about uh Jurgen Klopp's dream of a team of scousers? It's, it's a nice dream to have, isn't it? Uh I, uh no. <laughs> okay. It's Fine. not really. Um I suppose you should probably give some context uh um before sure. he collapsed said that he uh maybe in the next ten years it will not happen in the next five years or maybe ten years, it'd be great to have a team full of scousers, why not? Here we will always try to use them, he's talking about the local boys as often as possible yeah, yeah. because the dream is to have all all of them in the team, and he's talking about bringing the academy through and tr- through, and that's all a good thing. Uh, 
It is not a bad thing to be a scouser. It is a good thing. They are hardworking. It is clear that they will fight like crazy. The characteristics of a scouser. Uh, yeah, that's all fine. Um, but I think the idea that you would somehow be pursuing um, a team full of uh, people from the local area uh, would be completely counterproductive and um, like the reason and ultimately would do nobody uh, any favors, particularly the scousers who ended up in the team um, being being roundly abused by the supporters for not being as good as the players they could have signed from uh, somewhere else and who would have maybe not have stayed there for 10 years but would have been would have delivered more in the two or three years they stayed at the club before joining Real Madrid or Barcelona or, whoever, or whoever so um i think it's a great you know it's a nice idea in theory but the point about football now like this is why uh when the premier league or when there's there is uh this idea sometimes takes hold that um you know the premier you know there needs to be more you know there needs to be more english players coming through in the premier league or uh um, you know, this will help. This will benefit the English England team if there are more England players in the Premier League. Um, it ignores the fact that the reason that the club, clubs are successful is because they have taken the best talent in the world and bring, brought them to the Premier League. And they weren't as good. The teams weren't as good when they weren't doing that. So uh, there is a trade-off. Mm-hmm. Like if you play, if you have a team full of scousers, unless their team somehow turns out to be like an exceptional exceptional group that uh who out whose abilities outweigh just the, the uh sort of cast iron reality that if you're picking from a pool of you know five you know two billion people you have a better chance of getting better players than if you're picking from a pool of fifty thousand or a hundred thousand. Um but otherwise doing anything like this would uh would make make the team worse so um it wouldn't be it, it, i don't think it'd be it's it, it's not a good idea but i should we should really give this to Nas as a as a kind of honorary scouser <laughs> fuck off okay wrap it up patty <laughs> well, Nas, i actually thought the timing of this was interesting i wonder if you agree because it's interesting he says just this thing when the team from up the road are produced one of the most exciting strike forces potentially in Europe with two local boys. And it doesn't feel like Liverpool are not at that standard. I mean, there's got some good young lads coming through, but Greenwood and Rashford would be the envy of pretty much every team in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, if if you believe what you hear about sort of the the financial situation at Liverpool, particularly because of the whole corona sort of virus thing. Like it, it sounds as if they might have to do like a, a kind of Chelsea where they might have to sort of uh, rely on promoting youth to sort of uh, um add sort of uh, players to their options and players to their sort of squad uh, this coming season simply because um, they can't um just splash a load of money and bring them in, which is um which could be a great thing. I think it's been a great thing for uh, I think it's been a great thing for Chelsea in a strange way, and obviously, like as a United fan, I've I've kind of seen that 
that very unique thing happening with the class of ninety two, where a lot of a lot of lads from the local area did sort of break through and did and were like a, a unique group of like really talented uh, players that that reached the pinnacle of of like European football. But um, I think it's got to, there's got to be balance. I in, in a way, it was slightly and and I think Klopp said it to sort of pander to sort of like mm. uh, scousers and, and like the people of Liverpool, but. In in some ways, it feels like a very on clock thing to think because I I very much think of him as a as like a citizen of the world. Like anytime he talks about politics, anytime he talks about uh, Brexit or, or or sort of global politics in in any way, he he he's very inclusive and he and he and he's very sort of like um, he doesn't like uh, exclusiveness. He he doesn't like uh, protectionism. So. So it runs sort of against what I what I feel is his just uh, view of life. Does that not suggest that like... does because he's a very smart man as well that he doesn't really think it's going to happen, but it's still a good thing to say, you know. Oh no, he, he yeah, he 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 knows it won't it won't happen. But I also think like like uh like if 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 you don't really believe it, don't say it because like there's a there's a real value in in having variety. Like make I mean in in the same. I look at football in the same way I'd look at sort of any other industry, really. In in that, like, uh, it's great. Like, I I think it's really important to have like a, a critical mass of people who are who are really engaged in, in in that company or that product or that football team because they've got a a bond and a love for it. Um, in this case, we're talking about a geographical love. But football is such an international sport now. Like, part of the reason, like Chelsea, are massive in Africa. Because they they have had African players and Liverpool now have got like uh, like some outstanding African players and 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 that obviously helps their profile and like so many of their fans are from around the world uh, and and so much of what makes Liverpool like an amazing team at the moment is is that they've got these players like Mane that like Salah and and like all these players that just add their own sort of unique style and their unique. Uh, personalities and culture and everything to the team, and even Liverpool as a city, like it's it, it's a it's a big sort of um, like like university city. So and and obviously it's got a port, so it's always been outward looking. So if you go to Liverpool, if you, if like you like go for like brunch or you go to eat on Bow Street or something, like it's the same as Manchester. It's, it's like you, you are bound to meet people from all around the world, and and I, and I understand that that just because. Like Scousers can be, can be from around the world, and, and and Liverpool can be this really integrated cosmopolitan sort of a uh, city. But also part of being a cosmopolitan uh, city with lots of sort of um, influences is that that continues that constantly continues to happen. You constantly continue to have new people coming in, new people integrating, new people being part of what you are. And uh, and I think. Like you don't want a situation where where teams have got like no players from that country and it just feels like a a really detached franchise. But on the other hand, like as long as you've got a critical mass of like uh, local lads or or, or 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 players giving it a, like a local identity, I think it's great to have like a melting pot of different cultures and and different sort of uh, players. And also, like as much as the world is such a um, as long as the, uh, as much as the world is is becoming more and more homogenized and sort of like uh uh especially by western culture th- th- there is there is this beautiful weird thing about football that that people like players from different countries tend to have like weird characteristics from that country so 
like it's not it's not like a it's not just a stereotype that 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 players from 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 Brazil are more more sort of gifted and skillful and and have got more flair. It's not a coincidence that like uh, people from like players from the Netherlands are, are more technically brilliant or these various things like like you do get these peculiarities that that for some reason because of a because the demographic or the makeup or the sometimes the climate of certain countries it, they've just got a different style and I, I think it's really exciting to have football teams that combine those styles. Yeah, I think. That's it. I think, uh, um, like Liverpool is never going to be, for many reasons, it's not going to ever kind of uh, crave a team full of of English players because they don't <clears throat> they don't want that. Uh, they don't see themselves as part of that. But Nods is right. Like it's always been a city which has uh, th- thrived on kind of outside influence and and grown with outside influence. Whether it was like Irish influence. Um, you know, and in football terms, so many different influences, especially over the last twenty years, between like Jared Houllier, Benitez, uh, you know, the, when they had the Spanish players there, um, and I think for the period of time that those players are there, um, you know, Salah being a, a an example now, Torres was an example at the time he was at Liverpool. These players were seen as they 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 couldn't really have been embraced more if they were um uh if they were local players um of course it made made the betrayal um in the case of Torres uh you know even even harsher um, and maybe you wouldn't have got that if if he was a local player um but at the same time is that again that's a trade off you probably have because uh you don't you 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 get something else and you get you get something different um and i think the game has changed like i was just looking at the manchester united squad when when skulls and beckham and neville came through and there were two players out from outside britain and ireland three three players in the manchester united squad from outside britain and ireland schmeichel cantona and william prunier uh, in in the, the real yeah, yeah. the real exactly. holy trinity, Schmeichel, Cantona, <laughs> Prunier it rolls off the tongue. I you know there's twenty or, or more than twenty today, so uh, like it's a different it's a different world you're coming into where those things are just so unlikely to happen, um, and it's not because the players aren't being given a chance; it's because. It's it's just a, it's just a law of it's just common sense. It's, if uh, the bigger the pool you're picking from, the better the players are going to be. I I also think it means more when when like scouts like lads from from Liverpool or Mank lads from Manchester break through into a cosmopolitan sort of a team. So you've got you've got all these great players from everywhere. And 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 local lads are able to sort of break through, yeah. despite that. Like even the fucking even the fucking um, Beals went to Hamburg. Do you know what I mean that's that's where they perfected their sort of like uh, their outfit and their and their music. Like and 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 then the reverse is true as well. You get you get people like Schmeichel who come to Manchester and ends up with like a Mangaxon. You get Jan Molbe. Jan Molbe sort of sounds scouser than anyone these days. It's all good. It's all good to have a big Ringo Star is court. eighty today. That's Go out on that, Paddy. (laughs) 
get the get the piano out. Have you got what 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 did what what's he... he's shifting around there? He's doing something. All right, I got to take my duvet off for this. <laughs> what's a, what's a famous Ringo Starr song? Is, is yeah. most I don't know yet. A submarine. Okay, it's all right. You don't. You... <laughs> well, we'll do. Can you do a some Beatles? Seriously, Dion. Yeah. What? What do you think? What do you say? What are you doing? Step in, Dion. Step Just play in. us out. <laughs> like, I don't know what that's going to be. Like, seem to have really overestimated my my powers on this. Penny. Don't don't listen to him. He's in a fucking right. doofy. Right. He's half asleep. Just think it's asleep there, Paddy. Hold on a second. Hang on. Bear me one moment. What, 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 what instrument are you getting here now? You all still there? Yeah, we're still here, yeah. Yeah. Ah, for the day that's in it, lads. Here we go. Oh, it's guitar today, all right? <laughs> yes. Yes. He's gone David Brent. Go get the guitar. <clears throat> oh, hang on. This is this is don't look back in anger. That's not what I wanted. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. They ripped off it. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. She's speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Take us home. Yes. Right, let's keep going. Night, night, everyone. In my heart of darkness, she is standing right in front of me. Speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Oh, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom. Let it be. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave.